77 WABC. This is Sit and Friends in the Morning. No, I get by with a little help from my friends. If tomorrow all the things were gone, I'd work for all my life, and I had to start again with just my children and my wife. I thank my lucky stars to be living here today, cause the flag still stands for freedom, and they can't take that away. Cause there ain't no doubt I love this land God bless the USA Lee Greenwood saw right The flag still stands for freedom on this flag day And talking about Lee Greenwood and this great song Lee is going to be live in studio with my friend Jen Kearns tomorrow morning And is going to perform this great song live on our program coming up from the studios here at 810 tomorrow morning, Margot Katzmatidi's favorite song, Lee Greenwood, live doing this song on the air coming up tomorrow at 810. It is Flag Day, along with President Trump's birthday. My first guest of the day does a tremendous job. He gets huge ratings. Huge. I mean that. Two guys on this station get unbelievable ratings, and that's me and Frank. Other side of midnight, 1 to 5 a.m. every morning, joins me on this program once a week. Here's my dear buddy, Frank Morano. Francis, good morning. How are you? Good morning, Sid. That's going to be something to have uh, Lee Greenwood in there. That's uh, that. That's one of a kind. I mean, that's something. Happy Flag Day. Yes, happy Flag Day to you. He's going to tell us the story when he wrote that song, where he was. It's actually a pretty cool story. But talking about Flag Day, you've got a good story that involves New York, Staten Island, the United States, and your lovely wife, Rachel. <laughs> well, it's funny. You know, I obviously, like you and like a lot of the listeners to uh, your show, I have an American flag in front of our house that was gifted to me by former Congressman Peter King. When he was in Congress, it was actually a flag that flew over the nation's capital. Very honored to fly that flag. Well, by but- the way, Peter King is going to join me as he does every Wednesday, 840 this morning. He better confirm that. Uh, the bigger question is, why did he give you that flag? Well, I, I, you know, he, basically it was a housewarming gift. Uh, my oh, wife and I nice. had just moved into a new house, very and nice. he sent it to us. It was very, right. very thoughtful. But I think that it's important to have patriotism not just for your country, but for your state and for your city. And I think it's important to have a love and a desire to improve those places just as you would your country. So I, we also have a New York State flag, and I wanted to put up the New York City flag and the Staten Island flag as well. <laughs> but my wife exercised her veto power. And she said, no, I'm limiting you to only two flags. You can't you can't have more than two. People are going to show up here thinking it's an embassy and start trying to pay tickets or something. She's right. So, um, so I'm trying to get a waiver for Flag Day. No, nah, she's right. Flag up there Three today. or four we'll flags see. is way too much. I mean, uh, listen, Frank, I know you love Staten Island. I got news for you. It ain't that great. 
It's just not. <laughs> it's not worthy of a flag. Are you nuts? Scott How Island could you say flag. that on Donald Trump's birthday? The only borough that voted for him. That's true. You guys are great when it comes to that, and we love our baseball team, the uh, Berry Hawks, and we love Vito Pacella and uh, a few other guys, Borelli, Tobacco, and Nicole. We love all of you. But uh, my God, a flag for Staten Island. I mean, that is. It's hard to believe they even have one. Is there like oh, a, come on. I'm being serious. Listen, Frank, I hate to break this to you, but outside of a couple of mobsters and wannabe mobsters, <laughs> I'm not exactly sure what's Staten Island. I mean, what do you guys do out there? What do you do? Well, we have great restaurants. We have great no, you culinary don't. institutions. You don't have one great, not even one great restaurant on Staten Island, not even one. How about Angelina's? You ever go to Angelina's? No, no one's even heard of it. No one's even heard of it. You're going to compare Angelina's to like Rayo's or Michael's or come on. First of all, there's five tables in Rayo's, so there's no comparison to to Angelina's. And and Michael's of Brooklyn is, I think, maybe one of the best restaurants in America, so I'm not going to compare anything to Michael's. But uh, we have a lot of terrific restaurants, not not just Italian restaurants. You have none. You have terrible restaurants. All right. Well, I will take you happily yeah. on a Staten Island culinary tour. What? And you will, I will make a believer out of you. Okay. Me. That's a, that's a date. I'm serious. It's going to happen, bro. You I, and I. I would love it. My treat. I will happily. No, you don't got a treat. Uh, ha- you don't have to treat. Uh, if, if you can actually find three good restaurants, I'll be happy to treat. Three. Wonderful. Wonderful. <laughs> yeah. You're on. You're on. Now, your friend Roger Stone was on yesterday. In fact, <laughs> we put him singing happy birthday to Donald Trump in uh, today's open and he uh, he mentioned you. He, now, he called you Deep Dish Morano. What is that all about? You know, it's sort of this, this it was like a lot of things with Roger, it's an inside joke that he's taken way too far and that no one gets, and including barely me. He actually referenced that to me in his book. Now, Roger and I go back a long time, a close to 25 years, and uh, we've been through a lot together, thick and thin. I, I um, you know, been there for each other, I think, at times when a lot of others didn't know who the other one was or didn't didn't want to know who the other one was. <laughs> and um, it, there was one time he was trying to do a radio show. This may be about five or six years ago. And I was volunteering to produce it. So I went and he's recording things. I arranged all the interviews and I was doing everything. And I asked Roger and one of his guests, I think it was actually John Tobacco. I said, oh, do you want me to order some food? Now I ordered, I paid. And um, I ordered from Al's Chicago deep dish pizza. Now, now, I didn't have a chance because they were recording to ask, what do you prefer, the thin crust or the deep dish? But I figured if they authorized me to order from a place that has deep dish in the title, that I should get the deep dish. So I ordered the deep dish, and I got lambasted that, <laughs> no, this is New York. What? You shouldn't order Chicago-style <laughs> deep dish pizza uh, we're all we don't eat that much carbs like you do uh, this will get you thrown out of staten island you're supposed to be a proponent of thin crust so whatever i figured it would be funny for like a day or so he's been going on about this for six years he, <laughs> yeah. he wrote a book called stone's rules and uh, there's a section that i mentioned in and he refers to me in the pizza section as frank deep dish morano so uh it's gotten way way out of hand it's jumped the shark <laughs> It's a huge honor, though. All right, let's get to uh, you sent me a, a story yesterday that uh, two of my friends, really, Inna Vernikov, who's really a close friend, has been going at it with Ari Kagan, who's not really a friend, but I've uh, pretty much endorsed him because of Curtis Sliwa and Nicole Maliotakis. He needs to beat Justin Brandon. Somebody needs to beat Justin Brandon. Not sure that uh, Ari can do it. You don't think he can. But there's a fight between Vernikov, I guess, and Kagan. What is that about? 
Well, I think this is Vernikov really trying to help her candidate that's in the Republican primary against Kagan. Is this any so, uh, something or other? Yeah, yeah, Anna Belfiore Delfaus. Enough with that, enough with that, who, please. Who, who most people believe actually lives not in Brooklyn but in Staten Island, but apparently that's a very fashionable thing to do these days. So basically she publicly threw some a shade Kagan's way on Twitter by uh, mentioning the fact that he was a Democrat until recently, and she sort of questioned his uh, GOP credentials. And he is, I think, sort of supporting a candidate that's running against her in her own Republican primary. The reality is uh, that both of these people are probably going to win their primaries, Kagan and Vernikov, and hopefully after the primary they can find a way to work together again. But, yeah, I mean, I think they will. Uh, well, I think Vernikov is going to win her race, too. She's going to beat this Russian guy, then win Kagan, I'm not sure. And it's funny you say it's kind of fashionable to say you live in one place and live in another because we're not, not, not uh, that far removed from me interviewing Samantha Zerka on this show, that District 13 race, which goes directly back to the GOP chair, Mike Rendino. And uh, Curtis has done a very good job, both of you guys, of exposing this guy who says he lives in the Bronx, but it seems like he may be living in Garden City. What about the latest on that race? Well, look, I think if um, – I don't know where that race goes. I mean, I think Rendino's sister, Marmorado, is still the is still the favorite. But uh, I don't know. I wouldn't count Curtis out with his candidate, George Haverinek. And uh, he's got a lot of support in there. I don't know that uh, Zerka has a path to victory in that primary. But with ranked choice voting, honestly, you never know. If Zerka gets a lot of women that rank Christie first to rank her second and uh, gets a lot of the anti-establishment vote that's not crazy about the Rendino leadership and uh, the folks that might be ranking Havernack first to rank her second. Who knows? It's not uh, it's not inconceivable that she could pull off a uh, major upset. But if I was handicapping the primary, I would say Marmorado probably wins. And that's actually a, a race that the Republicans could actually make a run at in the general election. But, uh, yeah, I, I, I would think the Republicans would be better off if they had a chairperson that actually lived in the Bronx. Nothing against Mike, but uh, I, li- I like him when I've met him. He's, he strikes me as smart and engaged. But um, if he doesn't live in the Bronx, I don't understand why he's the Bronx Republican chairman. Host of The Other Side of Midnight, making his weekly appearance on this program, my friend Frank Morano. So uh, everybody knows, of course, uh, when you married your lovely wife, the mother of Carmine Rachel, a couple of years ago, that uh, your wedding was kind of like the Godfather wedding. You had every mobster from Brooklyn to Boca at that affair, and uh, especially John Gotti's son, Junior. I don't know, Junior. I know that uh, Curtis does. But <laughs> so it turns allegedly. out. <laughs> yeah, allegedly. So it turns out that uh, Gotti's kid, the Junior, not John Sr., his kid, John the Third, is this big MMA fighter. And if you folks don't know, much in the spirit of Conor McGregor, Floyd Mayweather, Gotti's grandson, your friend Junior's son, fought Floyd Mayweather a couple of weeks ago or last week. It turned out it went about five rounds. All hell broke loose, complete chaos, people getting beat up at the, at the arena. And, in fact, at one point, I guess John's sister the granddaughter of the, the senior John Gotti, threatened the life of Floyd Mayweather's daughter. I mean, this has everything you want, like a real mob movie. What is uh, the truth behind all this Mayweather-Gotti stuff? 
Well, and actually, there's now been an arrest made in this uh, situation. A reality TV star was actually arrested after the brawl that erupted here. You, this is uh, crazy. This is worse than anything the WWE has ever seen. But uh, the video, um, the video shows this woman, this reality TV star, uh, jo- Joseline Hernandez, beating on someone named Big Lex, and uh, she's beaten up Big Lex. Lex, uh, pretty, pretty bad. And you hear people in the cell phone video say, hey, man, st- somebody stop that blank. Stop that girl. She's killing that girl. And these are people that weren't even involved in the fight. I have no idea what went on here, but I uh, I have been in touch with, with Team Gotti, uh, who I am absolutely siding with in the Gotti versus Mayweather feud. And uh, I wouldn't be surprised if maybe we get uh, John the Third to either call in tonight or tomorrow night to wow. give us his side of the story. Oh, that so, would be huge. Uh, so we'll see. I would even replay that whole interview on this show tomorrow because I'm so fascinated by the whole Gotti thing and uh, this kid, John the Third. Now, the, the question is, his sister, who, again, uh, I'm going to, you know, comes out there and, and threatens Mayweather's daughter, how serious, I can't remember asking this question about a Gotti, but how serious can we take his sister? She seems really pissed. You know, I was actually, um, I was at a wedding where, um, with with her one time, and uh, what is her name again? got a little... Uh, Nicolette. Nicolette, Nicolette. Right, uh, right. A wonderful, what beautiful woman, beautiful woman, uh, now a, a mom, and uh, I've known her uh, a little bit for a you long are, time. You are such she's, a pussy. It's unbelievable. She threatens somebody's life. I think she's terrific. <laughs> yeah, but of course she I have seen, I, I brought her, uh, I brought a, a, a girl, not my wife, but before I was married to a wedding, and my date got a little, a little carried away in terms of drunkenness and made a little bit of a scene. And I will tell you, Nicolette, certainly can be very tough and very intimidating when she wants to be. And uh, I, so I've seen that side of her a little <laughs> bit. However, yeah. I think um, this is just kind of more social media trash sure. talking. Right. I don't think anything's going to sure. uh, go anywhere with it. She's right. never been arrested. I don't know that she's ever even been accused of assaulting anyone or anything like that. She strikes me as just a normal, uh, normal young adult that I don't see engaging in violence or anything like that. Okay. The other girl will be dead in less than a month. Six 60 seconds to go here. <laughs> yeah. Give me your uh, your take on Trump. You know, again, I read the indictment last body. I spoke to mutual friends who said he's done, he's finished. I got to tell you, as the days are moving along, now he's been arrested, he's been arraigned, he ain't done. He ain't even close to being done. In fact, I believe this is, again, the same thing as the Brad case. This fuels him, fuels his supporters, And I think Donald Trump this morning, after being very nervous a couple of days ago, is alive and well. 60 seconds. What does Frank Morano think? Uh, I do think it's a bit stronger of a, of a criminal case than the than the Bragg case well, that for, is, some yes. of the re- yes, for some of the reasons right. that Dershowitz pointed out in his Wall Street Journal op-ed this week, uh, which I thought was largely on the money. I think what a lot of Trump supporters look at when they see this, though, is a selective enforcement of justice. They see, uh, you know, General Petraeus, who, while he was the head of the CIA, had no problem sharing classified information, including giving up the identities of covert operatives serving overseas to his mistress and then lying to the FBI about it, they didn't seek jail time for 
him. He got away with paying a $40,000 fine. You see the former national security advisor, uh, Sandy Berger, actually shoving top secret documents from the National Archives down his pants and trying to destroy them to intentionally hide information and control the narrative to the 9-11 Commission. That's certainly a much more malicious intent than anything Trump's accused of doing. They didn't seek jail time for him. He got away with a fine and probation. So uh, the fact that a lot of other folks at the presidential level, at the NSA level, at the CIA director level, that they never sought jail time for a lot of these folks while they're seeking it for Trump, it leads a lot of Trump supporters to think that maybe there's two standards of justice in this country. And I think it's incredibly divisive. And if Joe Biden was smart here, and if he cared about the country, since basically a guy that he appointed who it w- was indirectly appointed by him is the one prosecuting this case, what Biden should do tomorrow for the good of the country, for his sake, for Trump's sake and the people's sake is pardon Trump unconditionally on all these charges. It would send the message to the country that Biden's a statesman. And if Trump accepts that pardon, just like Gerald Ford said when he pardoned Nixon, that would be an admission of of guilt on these charges. Trump gets away with no charges, no legal fees, no jail time. Biden gets away with the moral high ground. And if Trump doesn't accept the pardon, he could say, look, I tried to do the right thing for the country. That's what Biden should do tomorrow. And uh, I have no confidence that he will, but that's what he should do. Right. Uh, there's a better chance David Duke will win the NAACP award for, uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, listen, uh, that's a great job. Your show, Other Side of Midnight, is great. I know your podcast is kicking ass, and you do a great job with me here every week. Frank Morano, I love you, buddy. Thank you so much. I, I love you too, Sid. And uh, if people ever can't stay awake for the podcast, they can check it out. Uh, stay awake live. They can check out the podcast, wabcradio.com. There he is, 1 to 5 a.m. every morning, Frank Morano. And don't forget, again, live in studio tomorrow at 810, performing this great patriotic song, Lee Greenwood. Curtis Sleever starts hour number two next. There ain't no doubt I love